Hi and welcome back to Shout Scratch. You're listening to episode 65 of Festive Special, All I Want for Christmas Is. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we bring together medical students, junior doctors and expert guests to discuss all the things you need to know to be a good doctor, but that you might not get taught at medical school. I'm Pat, I'm the editorial scholar here at the BMJ, and I'm also a medical student at Anglia Ruskin University. Today I'm very excited to be joined by our friends Lily and Anisha. Lily, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lily. I'm a final year at Barts in East London, and that is where I live and where I'm recording from at the moment. So great to see you all. Yeah, good to have you with us. And Anisha, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi, I'm Anisha. I'm currently Foundation Year One Doctor. I'm working in South Thames Deanery, and I went to uni in King's in London. Great. Yeah, welcome back on the podcast. And I'm also excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Gordon Cordwell. Yeah, I'm Gordon Caldwell. I'm a consultant physician up in Oban on the west coast of Scotland. Um, I trained in Oxford and then I did three years at King's Anisha as well um, before going through my SHO and registrar rotations. And then I was a consultant in Worthing for about 24 years and been up here in Scotland for four years now. Thank you. Oh, nice. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. So the festive season is upon us. It's also a a season of giving and receiving gifts. In medicine, on placement, especially around this time of the year, you can always see boxes of quality streets just like all dotted across the world. And I think we're in a unique profession where our actions could potentially change someone's life. And sometimes that may warrant a certain type of gratitude uh, in the form of presence, for example. And I think as demonstrated by COVID, lots of patients, families of patients and the general public were incredibly generous in the early phase of the pandemic. But I guess before before we talk about the dilemma of receiving presents from patients, Lily and Anisha, have you ever gotten presents from patients? Personally, I haven't individually got a present from a patient. But generally, I think the ward tends to get presents and gifts and chocolates and cards, which is nice. But I haven't. It would be my. It is my dream to one day have a patient come up to me and say, "I loved your care. You were great." <laughs> That's my dream. Hasn't happened yet. Um, but yeah, I think even even if it is a box of biscuits, a box of chocolates or a card, when you're in that moment on the ward and everything's just up in the air, it's just really nice to see on the desk that something's being recognised and acknowledged. Mm. I think it just keeps the spirits up on the ward, especially now it's, it's cold. I just need some chocolate in the afternoon. <laughs> How about you, Lily? Yeah, so I've received a few random things from patients who maybe we wouldn't deem to be compass mentis, um, like some magazine clippings and fun things like that. They've been like, you need to keep this in your pocket. And I've said, yes, of sorry, I will. Sorry, magazine clippings? Yeah, I, can't, I honestly can't even remember. I, I like, just recalled it as I was walking here. I think it was in second year or third year a patient on the ward gave me like a really quite a big bundle of magazine clippings and were like, you need to keep these safe. Um, she was very old. I'm not sure I can remember anything to do with her really. Um, but and it was quite sweet that she thought she wanted to give them to me. So I put them in my scrubs pocket and then I did, I did recycle them, sadly. Um, <laughs> I can't remember them being very important. But the actual significant present I have received is a rabbi's wife so we were treating the rabbi on the ward and his wife gave me a massive bag of like sweet baked Mm -hmm. items that she'd bought from a really posh bakery um and then obviously just gave them to the ward I don't think I I didn't even eat one in the end um but that was very sweet and 
was very although I was a bit nervous about whether you have to add up the value of them in terms of the legality but everyone on the ward was like it's fine we'll just eat them so yeah, yeah that's that's my experience of patience and gifts I can't imagine adding up the value in the middle of the ward, <laughs> wondering if it's acceptable or not. <laughs> yeah, well, they were quite fancy, and I was like, well, in theory, these could be worth quite a lot of money, but she, it would, it would, would have been so rude to say no, um, mm. and the whole ward really enjoyed them. It really wasn't that big a deal. To be honest, I didn't even know that there's like a cap of yeah. um, the value of presents before reception for this episode. I didn't know there was a value. I knew it was questionable to receive gifts. Mm. Anything probably that's not food related, I guess. And I only knew that when I was preparing for the SJT last year. <laughs> I hadn't really thought about gifts before that. So for anyone who's listening, and if you're preparing for the SJT, the NHS Conflict of Interest Guidance document states that the best practice is to record all the gifts that you receive, and gifts valued at over £50 should be treated with caution and only be accepted on behalf of an organisation like to a charity, for example, and not in personal capacity. And yeah, the, the gifts over £50 should be declared by staff as well. So how about you, Gordon? So you've been a doctor longer than, well, we, we're not yeah, yep. longer than we have. Um, what was the best gift that you've ever received? Well, um, I, mean, I have had gifts over the years, but um, I've seen other consultants sort of having shopping trolley loads of gifts and certainly not in that league. Um, I think yeah, the gifts have always been associated with a card or a letter, um, and it's it's the card or the letter which carries the meaning to me. You know, if somebody, like you're saying, Anisha, it's your dream that somebody would say, you you paid so, such attention to me, saw me through difficult times, you encouraged me through my illness, and and things like that. So that's the real value. And then the gift is should very much just be a token. Um, so mm-hmm. the, the gifts I've commonly have had have been. Uh, a bottle of wine or a bottle of whiskey or some some chocolate, something like that. And I never got into this, um, what you're debating about there, the value of the the gifts particularly, because they've never been extravagant. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that the practice of medicine is a human relationship. And in all human relationships, there's there's a giving and a taking and and an appreciation. And so to be appreciated for doing uh, my work well, I think, is 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 a really important thing and it's important for the giver as well as the receiver mm. the best present i've had it was a pair of socks to wear with a kilt um so i had a, a lady came in from one of the islands who'd had a stroke and it had affected her right hand so i said to her, you know well, what do you what's your occupation what do you do uh and she said oh i knit socks for men to wear with kilts and, and she then said well i live to be a hundred and um, I said, well, once you recover from your stroke, you can knit me a pair of socks to wear with my kilt. And about nine months later, I was sent a pair of socks to wear with my kilt. Um, and that, you know, to me, was the reflection of the value of the relationship we had through her stroke and her gratitude at being able to knit again. And it just felt really, really good. That is an absolute dream. I am going to find a patient to request they make socks for me now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so lovely. Completely agree. Mm. It's, more, mm. it's more the fact that your patient, months down the line, remembered the relationship that you had mm. together mm. and remembered to make the socks. I think that's so, that's so valuable. I think that's what keeps you going. Just a little token of appreciation to know that the tiny bit you did here and there does go a long way. And it is recognised. 
and you can then yes. repeat that again and again and just yeah keep mm. it going that's lovely yeah definitely that's like yeah just echoing what anisha said that's so lovely it's kind of like a reflection of the care that you've given and also i guess the continuity of care that she received later later on so that she can maintain well and just going back to Lily's example that you said that, um, you know, when you received that um, present from the rabbi, um, yeah, you automatically gave it to the ward. Um, yeah, I suppose that, you know, when you're given presents, because um, patient care is never just individual effort, it's always a team's effort. Um. Well, in that, it would have felt ridiculous for me to accept it because I, as a medical student, had spoken to him a couple times each day, really just doing the bear, just talking to him, took his blood a few times, nothing else. Once actually did a really long blood culture and it took ages to get all the blood. So I would give myself a bit of a credit for that. But other than that, I did nothing. Whereas obviously the nurses and everyone else is there all the time. And when she gave it to me, it was like, well, this is clearly a gift for everyone looking after your husband. So it made the most sense to give it. Also, it was a huge bag of... I can't even explain to you how heavy this bag it. was. I would have, it would have killed me to eat it all, I promise. <laughs> I've been offered money before from a patient because I was helping with, like, interpreting. Yeah, so I was helping to interpret, um, like, a consultation for a consultant, and this patient doesn't really speak good English. And uh, obviously I didn't take it, but you know, sometimes when you reject the present, you obviously you can do that politely, but do you think it could potentially kind of um, affect that um, patient-clinician relationship? I think if it's money, then it's separate because it's a bit legally difficult to accept that. And you could probably explain that quite clearly to someone. Mm. But yeah, na- naturally with any not even just a patient-doctor relationship, but with any relationship, if you were to show a dislike towards a gift someone gave you, it would naturally affect the relationship. So there would be no reason. I think with money, you can say to the person who wants to give it um, that the hospital has got charitable funds, the ward may have charitable funds, the hospital manager could receive a gift with a note saying why you've given it and then the, the money could go into it. So if they're keen to give money, mm-hmm. um, and you know, sometimes people want to give a lot of money. Um, after the COVID um, epidemic, one of our patients wanted to you know, give the money for a laminar flow room or something like that, you know, a huge amount of money. Um, but that goes through the charitable processes and things. And I agree, money is different from a from a gift. Um, and I say I've been fortunate; nobody's ever come to me with a gift that I'd have thought was um, beyond a token, a bottle of wine or something. Um, I think if it was some bigger gift than that, it would be very difficult. Yeah, for sure. And do you think when you receive these presents, does it ever make you think that you have to maybe treat the patient differently? Well, I don't think you should feel obliged to treat mm. them differently because there's, you know, there's lots of patients who, who couldn't afford to give you any gifts or, or just hadn't thought of it and so on. So I certainly shouldn't be feeling obliged to treat them any differently. But I think, uh, and looking back on my career, I can think of maybe a couple of patients who were giving gifts in a rather manipulative way, I think. Um, so they could say, oh, I know Dr. Caldwell, he's, he's my sort of chum. So when it comes to when I come to outpatients, I expect that I will get to see him rather than the registrar see see me that sort of thing. So I think you have to be aware that sometimes gift gift giving can be manipulative. Um, That's really interesting. I'd never I'd never thought of giving gifts 
beyond it just being a token of appreciation. Mm. Um, no, I mean, 95% of the time, at least, I'm sure yeah. it is it's yeah. a token of appreciation. Thank you, you're a lovely person, you've been a great doctor to me, but there's, there can occasionally be these extra things. And most of the gifts I've had have been accompanied by a, a standard old Royal Mail letter or a card or, mm. or something, a, a physical um, thing. Whereas these days, I think with social media, it may be more difficult to blur, you know, if the send person tracks you down on Facebook or something like that or and, and sends you a gift, then there may be an ulterior motive. And if things go wrong, it could look difficult. So the GMC is very clear that you still that you shouldn't have emotional and sexual relationships with your patients. So if you've got got an uneasy feeling about a gift, I'd listen out to that uneasy feeling. Yeah, I was just about to say, actually, I think the manipulation part comes down to the strength or the boundaries that a patient doctor relationship has. But with social media, you know, so many doctors have accounts, official accounts. So it's quite easy for that to be blurred together and for Mm -hmm. people to, you know, reach out to you, um, ask you things, you know, it's Mm. the blurring of the boundaries as well. Yes. I think if you've got any sort of uneasy feeling then, of course, I mean, I'd say the right thing to do is talk to your colleagues and talk to your educational supervisor or somebody in the postgraduate centre and just say, you know, this is what's happening. Do you think it's okay um, to to make sure that you've ch- just checked it out? One thing I've noticed is that with patients and gifts, whether they give you a card or magazine clippings or baked goods, is that there isn't usually this chain of events where you and your patient are completely neutral and or even standoffish. They give you a gift, then suddenly you build this amazing rapport and you treat them better. Generally, that I've noticed, gifts come out of a really mm. good rapport, a good relationship that's already there. Mm. So nothing changes. There isn't, um, like, as Gordon has said, most patients, it's not trying to gain anything. It's just mm. a reflection of the relationship you already have, mm. um, yeah. which I think I've noticed. I think that's right. And I think that's probably, Lily, why you were given the gift, because you said you hadn't done anything, but you'd been to the patient. You spent time, you'd, you'd chatted and you'd talked and uh, oiled the relationship and made things work and that's why probably you were the one who's chosen to receive the gift yeah i think lily's example um i don't know it may maybe highlight some kind of cultural differences um so i was talking to an editor at the bmj who also works part-time as a gp and she mentioned that uh, people of certain cultures may feel obliged to give you gifts after a consultation because healthcare in other countries may not be free so mm-hmm. that patient in question um always gave the gp just you know just food or wine after each consultation because yeah, as I mentioned, um, healthcare is, could be expensive in other countries. Is this something that you have encountered before? I don't think I've... No, I'm not very aware of the cultural difference on mm-hmm. gift-giving, but you know, just approach to the doctors and uh, you know, gratitude is, again, is, is obviously a cultural, cultural issue. And some mm-hmm. patients are very grateful immediately at the end of a consultation, uh, which is unusual for British, <laughs> British patients, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I haven't, obviously, yeah, I have these two main experiences of gifts, but I think with the rabbi's wife, I think that was like a reflection of their religious values, their religious community. Food is really important. Mm-hmm. The idea of kind of reciprocating generosity is really important. So they would see that as part of their own values and kind of an extension of that. But I think obviously 
all people of all cultures have the capacity to be generous mm. but I have yeah I have noticed that I think um often people yeah they want to extend their own values whether they are religious or cultural and that often does mean like giving gifts more in certain communities I think that is something I've observed and I guess no one really says no to gifts or you know acts of generosity no I mean it makes you feel great like it mm. made my it made my week it was yeah <laughs> I remember calling my mum and telling her it's um it's just the loveliest thing I wish I was more I think I'd feel a bit embarrassed giving a present to my GP um mm. but it doesn't feel quite maybe we haven't got that rapport but it also feels a little bit I don't know if they think I'm a bit lame but even though I don't think it is cringy <laughs> at all or lame mm. I don't want them to think of me as that I don't know what that is uh, that, unpack that. that's a really interesting thing you brought up I'm just mm. trying to imagine myself giving giving say my GP a gift I it's hard to imagine right yeah I don't think I would but then again I mean I I'm lucky enough I don't have any chronic conditions or anything I regularly mm. see GP for so I wouldn't on a one-off consultation it would be strange for me to bring a bag of cookies but then again I'm sure I'm sure they'd love it <laughs> oh actually I gave a I gave a pen to my physio once because she like <laughs> cured my chest stuff so if that counts as a gift a pen that I had not bought that I found in my bag if that counts then I'm an amazing gift giver <laughs> it's a thought that counts I think yeah so I guess sometimes we don't just receive presents from patients but also from colleagues um so i guess we'll hear a clip from one of our sharp scratch panelists who will talk about a present that he received from his gp hello i'm andrew i'm a final year scott gem medical student at the university of st andrews and dundee up in scotland and one of the best gifts that i've received was when i got the end of last year doing my longitudinal integrated clerkship or lick year which is basically a year based in GP in the north of Scotland. And uh, basically when it got to the end of the year, uh, because it's so rural up there, my GP tutor, who I'd had for the whole year, got me um, which got me a couple of things. But the thing that I really liked was that she made me a card. And uh, on the card she had 12 uh, wee shells. Um, and it was like kind of laid out in a grid. Uh, and it was basically shells that she'd picked from four of our favourite beaches uh, in the north of Scotland. So there was ones from Orkney and um, there was ones from John O'Groats which is at the end uh, of the UK and uh, there's a beach called Strathy Beach which if you don't know what it looks like, Google it, it looks amazing and also Peaty Sands which is like a tiny wee um, cova beach um, near Dunnet Bay where all the big surfing gets done uh, and it's really really nice and she gave me this card with all the shells stuck to it and uh, I thought it was so good and I've actually kept it and framed it um, because it actually looks nice as well um, but yeah, no, that was um, probably one of the best gifts I've had just because it seemed really thoughtful and genuine and uh, yeah, it was really cute and uh, definitely better than kind of anything somebody could have bought for me um, yeah, something really nice about really thoughtful gifts from people and definitely something that you want to try and I want to try and pass on um, when I'm a grown-up doctor um, to other students and stuff like that because it really does make a difference um, so yeah, those are my highlights of um, some good gifts that I got Yeah, I just thought um, yeah, he, he gave consent to share that and I just thought I would share that because it's really cute I thought 
I loved this. When Andrew shared this in the chat, honestly, I had a moment. I love small things. and I can't even, for listeners who might not see this image, I can't even explain how small these shells are. They're honestly like... How small are they? Like smaller than, I think, like a fingernail, like a little Mm. fingernail. They are absolutely tiny. They're beautiful. I think that is the best present anyone has ever received ever. And I'm incredibly jealous and would like to work (laughs) in North Scotland now. Yeah. (laughs) This makes me upset. Huh? This makes me upset. Why have my consultants never done this? This is great. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Andrew's inherently really likeable. (laughs) <laughs> so his consultants are just like oh my gosh Andrew that's so thoughtful <laughs> yeah, yeah it just makes amazing. me want to be like an excellent medical student just to get presents I guess it shows they had a very it shows they had a very strong real relationship mm. you know in terms of teaching you know as a student it shows that you know some they were really having conversations that meant something and clearly you know the consultant cared about his learning and he reciprocated Mm. yeah I've never had that that's I've never even heard of anything like that I guess it shows like I mean Andrew does a slightly different course where he has these really long placements I've never been with a GP for a year Mm. um I wonder if it kind of shows the benefit of those long placements where you really build those relationships yeah Mm. 100% you can't build a relationship in Two weeks, three weeks. Mm. No. Nobody Especially knows London, your name. London yeah, nobody, nobody will know your name. Thing. Yeah. Mm. Even now, when medical students come on the ward, it's so hard. There's so many. They come in for one day, two days a week. You can't actually teach them things unless they're really small things that you just might come across and decide to teach them at that time. You're not mm. creating a relationship with them. Which is yeah, yeah, it reflects like the old firm kind of rotation right like when you're a junior doctor because like you you would be stuck on a ward for a longer period than the foundation doctors would now for like three months or for something well um we'll discuss more about giving presents to your team but that'll be right after this indemnity you've probably not given it much thought but it won't be long until the risk of claims and patient complaints becomes all too real Whatever lies ahead, you need experts in your corner who offer indemnity and a whole lot more. That's why it pays to be with Medical Protection. There's our free membership during your medical school years, our wealth of training resources to help you become the best doctor you can be, and our international experience that protects you during your elective, no matter how far from home you end up. In fact, there are many reasons why our members worldwide trust us to support and protect them throughout their careers. And if you're looking for one more, every week one lucky new joiner wins £183. That's the average student weekly spend. Just join for free and you're automatically entered into the draw. That's why UK medical students choose to be part of medical protection. You can't blame them, so why not join them? Visit medicalprotection.org to find out more. Okay, back to the show. So we've talked about receiving presents, and I thought we'd talk about, on the other side, about giving presents. So as students, uh, as we talked about earlier, we're always buddied up with a junior doctor or educational supervisor. And um, I've been really lucky with placements. I've always had supportive and helpful supervisors, and it makes me feel inclined to give presents to them at the end of a placement, you know, just to say thank you. I've also thought about whether it would be weird to give presents to your supervisors or um, your GP because I don't know if it will blur boundaries or give the wrong message. 
Um, mm. Yeah, so is this something that you've thought about before? Yeah, I mean, I've certainly had um, presence again from medical students, uh, either individually or groups of medical students giving us, giving me or our team presence. And again, it's 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 a, it's a fact that it's a token, but again, usually associated with that is is a card or a, or a letter or, or some description of why why they're giving this present. So we have the Dundee medical students and we have some of the Scott Gem students as well. Um, the Dundee students are usually with us for four weeks. They usually get right involved in the running of the hospital and see patients. And of course, with their enthusiasm, they get a lot of teaching. Um, and it, it's common on the last Friday, just before they leave, that they'll bring us in some some cakes or some chocolates and a really lovely card that, that, that says what a great experience they've had and how much they've learned. And that's you know, for educational supervisors to know that young doctors and young students have learned from us and appreciated the effort we put in and they've gone away knowing more than they did when they arrived. That's that's the real kick. And of course, it's nice to have some chocolates or some cakes and a cup of coffee with them as they're leaving. So um, uh, under those circumstances, I don't think it, it does blur the boundaries again, provided the gift is 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 honest and it's a token and it's uh, and uh, you know, I don't think it's common for it, for it to be manipulative in any way. They're not the students aren't saying take this gift and give me a good reference and uh, give me a good feedback on to on my performance um it's just a genuine gift saying thank you you've, you've taught us stuff and we've learned from being there and that's for me as a somebody who's interested in medical education is, is the biggest kick you can get really is to know that people have gone away appreciating what they've learned with us i'm just thinking i it was nearing the end of my so stroke rotation which is my first rotation as a doctor this year um, and I think, obviously, during the three, four months I was there, there'd be the weekly biscuit box, the weekly chocolate box, the weekly muffins, which someone on the team had brought in to share, which is lovely. And I think at one point I went to India for a week to visit family and I was there. And when you're working on a ward and it was a week of not being on the ward, I was obviously thinking, oh, my colleagues from the ward, what are they doing? And one day, and it was really nice, I brought back a couple of boxes of Indian sweets for them, and the next week, shared it with everyone, consultants, the physios, nurses. I think it just reinforces that, you know, you value everyone on your team, and then you feel you feel part of your team as well. You're sharing, for me, it was sharing part of my culture with everyone, it was sharing mm-hmm. my trip, when I did when I was away. Um, yeah, and you, it's just, you reinforce friendships as well on the ward. Um, I think that was really lovely, actually. I was really happy I brought back two huge boxes, just got everyone talking, and everyone was very appreciative of it. Um, yeah, I think it makes, it makes your part on the team valued, basically, I think. I'm feeling incredibly guilty that I've never got any of my supervisors a present. Um, I think one thing to note is that until final year, Bart's might be different. We don't really get attached to one doctor. You're just kind of in a team, so you don't necessarily form a really strong bond with anyone. But final year is very different because you get put with a F1 for your long hospital placement, and then in GP, you're obviously there for ages. So I think I re- like genuinely probably will get something for my GP supervisor at the end of this block, which reminds me because that'll be in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then previously, the most I've ever done is I made a very awful ad hoc birthday card 
for my SHO on my last hospital block. Literally just from the printer, got some paper, folded it over and drew him and then wrote a message. Um, I think that was like, that was authentic, but I didn't really think about doing anything more than that. But I guess it has to come from that like authentic, integral place. But I really will think about it more. I think I haven't really thought about it in the past, I don't think. I think it's it is thinking about what you're saying with the the gift as well. You know, it, you, I'm giving it to my GP supervisor because I don't know you've you've taught me new ways of talking with children or whatever it is, and or, or relating in that way. And mm-hmm. I was just thinking whilst you're talking there, I mean, the the small acts of giving and small acts of kindness are, are really important. I mean, I can think of a day a few months ago when it was really hectic in A and E, and and I'd been on the go all day and I was tired, and um, the FY two just went to the hospital shop and bought coffee for us all. And other mm-hmm. times when the nurses come in and say, oh, God, you look knackered. Can I get you a coffee and a cake? And the, these small small acts of giving really oil the wheels of the way we work and give people a really big boost just to, you know, somebody's recognized that you, you look exhausted and you maybe you do need a cup of coffee and that's it. Um, so mm-hmm. just, it doesn't need to be these big, so, oh, I'm going to think for weeks about what I'm going to give and how I'm going to say it, but just each mm. day, small things like that can make a, a big difference, I think. Oh, I actually did yesterday bring in a pink disposable face mask for the pharmacist because she saw <laughs> mine and she loved it. <laughs> I love how you have these like, unique little gifts that no one would ever think of, I think, Lily, that you give. I think they're good. Yeah, so you mentioned like the cards that you give to doctors. So I was just doing some research for this and apparently some doctors can scan these cards for their portfolio or like what? ARCP. <laughs> yeah. Gordon, is this something that you know? Yeah, you know I know. About? I mean, I do appraisals for consultants and it's, it's common for a consultant to put into their appraisal um, cards of appreciation from their patients. Um, mm. and, and often they're very move, moving stories of uh, difficult diagnosis, difficult treatments and support over a period of time. And uh, it's, you know, generally an appraisal you're talking about cpd and all this sort of thing but those uh, affirmations that the person in my opinion is is a professional doctor who's uh, got professional relationships with the patients that are therapeutic in themselves um, so it definitely can be used as evidence that you are a doctor i love that i love the idea of scanning in cards that have lots of nice things about me <laughs> there isn't that makes me feel very happy i'm there isn't a place on our Horus e-portfolio for me to scan that in. <laughs> I'm going to find a pl- I'm going I'm going to find a card and scan it in, <laughs> and then write a huge reflection piece on it. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, we'll continue discussing a bit more about um, ways of showing gratitude, but that'll be right after this message from our sponsor. As you take on additional responsibility for your patient's care, UpToDate can be your trusted personal medical consultant. UpToDate is an online, continuously updated clinical decision support resource used by doctors, medical students and doctors in training worldwide to access current, evidence-based information at the point of care. Doctors at all levels of experience rely on UpToDate for trusted answers to their clinical questions. See how UpToDate can benefit your training and subscribe today by visiting go.uptodate.com slash sharp. That's go.uptodate.com slash sharp and use promo code sharp 
to save 25 US dollars on your annual or longer subscription. Some of life's most important questions are about health. And when people think about healthcare, they think about doctors, scans, tests, and treatments. At Siemens Health and Ears, we think about those too. With about 70% of clinical decisions based on laboratory test results, staying on top of the latest advances in clinical chemistry is essential to providing the best care. This November, Siemens Health and Ears has free online educational sessions to help you learn about relevant advances in clinical diagnostics. Register for free today to explore sessions featuring new research and innovations in cardiac care, blood diseases and AI, and create an agenda for live streaming events. Visit siemens-healthandears.com slash euromedlab or Google Siemens Health and Ears Euromedlab. We pioneer breakthroughs in healthcare for everyone, everywhere. Okay, back to the show. Um, when I was preparing for this episode, I asked my friends who are doctors what kind of presents do they give at the end of rotation. And one of them mentioned great text. Um, Lillian, Anisha, have you heard about Greytex before? Greytex? Yeah. I've, I've never heard of the word. Is it like a, like a day Oh, Daytex, day but Greytex. Ah. Yeah, exactly. So we know that Daytex is a platform where healthcare staff can report safety concerns, and Greytex is the exact opposite of that, you know, to highlight certain things that a colleague has done exceptionally that. well. <laughs> yeah. So, Gordon, I know you said Is it a formal up. platform? Um, so I think it's different in different hospitals. So like some hospitals will call it like Lord it, um, or some some other initiative is called excellent incident. Sorry, excellent incident reporting, which is something that Gordon has set up in his previous hospital. Well, so the idea came to me. I read a book called Nine and a Half Things You'd Do Differently If Disney Ran Your Hospital. And, uh, <laughs> Disney. Uh, instead of all these horrible feedback forms you get like EasyJet, you know, which go on for 15 minutes of tedious questions, Disney would only respond to letters that people actually wrote into them. And the letters would obviously either be of complaint or of excellence. Uh, so they ignored all the middle ground and just looked at these extremes. And in healthcare, we're just used to Datix, which is, you know, we've all ballsed up, everything's gone wrong, we've got to learn some lesson from it, rather than... Um, what do we see as excellent? So I thought it'd be, this is just something I set up myself, uh, to have an excellent incident report. So uh, my idea was the person would just tell the story of what they thought was excellent and give it to the person who they thought was excellent and, and perhaps to the educational supervisor as well. So here's one from almost five years ago today, the 4th of December, 2016, on my FY2 Hans van Hulen. Uh, Hans, when I came in for the post-take ward round today, I found that you had pre-filled the e-handover, you had entered your diagnoses, the comorbidities and abnormal results into the e-handover, and your plans for treatment and investigations. This made it easy to understand your recommendations for case management and saved me five to ten minutes in case preparation. It also made your case presentations well-structured and succinct. I think if other doctors worked like this, post-take rounds would be calmer, swifter and more effective for our patients. Thank you from me copied to the f2 tutor and just send that in the email to hands um there's no gift in it beyond the gift of me saying i think you're working excellently as a junior doctor these are the reasons why i think it's excellent 
And if other people want to know what I think is excellent for my ward rounds, they can follow your example hands. So, I mean, I set that up probably about 10 years ago and was just doing it within my own team. And then somebody on Twitter heard about this and he worked at Papworth, Stephen Webb, and he thought it was a good idea. And we tried to get Datix to incorporate excellent incident reports into Datix as well, but they wouldn't do that. But he set up a, a, a proper structure and process in Patworth, so it became part of their weekly governance meetings to see what excellent incidents had been reported and to try and analyze what the excellence was there. So to, with hands there, it was very much understanding of medicine, organization of the information, presentation of communications, the information, making care swifter and easier. And Patworth, as we heard of now, um, developing that with Amazon into an app, I think, called Laudit. Um, and Amazon have been sufficiently interested in that themselves that they might want to use it internally for identifying what's excellence in their business. So it's excellence is obviously qualitative and it's and qualitative um, excellence is shown by storytelling. So it's the very simple factual story there tells you that if you met Hans, you'd probably find he's a very well organized, thorough clinician um, who appreciates getting work done swiftly and effectively. So that was the basis of the excellent incident report. And in the theme of today, it's really me giving acknowledgement to the junior doctor that you're in my team, that I think you're doing excellent work, and that I should tell, tell you when you're doing excellent work. That actually reminds me that although, as we've made very clear, I don't really give formal gifts to doctors above me, I do always try and fill in their feedback forms at the end of the placement. I try and fill in their feedback forms for teaching and, mm. yeah, being really explicit about what was great. And just, I'm often using too many exclamation points, so I think I probably... It's probably not anonymous. I think they can tell it's me. Um, <laughs> but I always do try and make an effort to do that because they deserve they deserve that, I think. Mm. Mm. I think it's, it's um, important to give the description rather than just say you're a great doctor and often when I was when I was doing ward rounds I'd say to maybe the registrar can you give feedback to the SHO and it's oh you're very good um, <laughs> not, rather than you, know, you you synthesized the case into four or five sentences and when we asked you extra questions you had all the background information you're communicating well and you've got the detail we can trust you um, so it's it's descript factual description then at the end that's why I think you're a good doctor um, so we're often just saying, oh, that was very good. Yes, great. But it's the, the factual explanation first, I think, helps. I love your description of it as a story because then it's like we're, we're gifting stories to each other, which feels very magical mm -hmm. and lovely. It's also practically nice to know if you're doing something correctly during mm -hmm. your rotation. Yeah, of course. We, you have, so you have the tab, the team assessment of behaviour at the end of every rotation. Um, but before that, I do feel you don't get much acknowledgement or people telling you, okay, this was good, repeat this, or this was great, repeat this. You just kind of guess that it's okay and then keep going with it. But it would be lovely to know on a formal system, okay, yeah, this was great, make sure you keep doing that again. Otherwise, you're just nervously doing something because nothing's gone wrong with it yet. <laughs> so You should start it, Anisha. Yeah. I'm really honestly it's gr really thinking about it otherwise otherwise I, th I think I'd, I think I'd I'd probably got about seven years experience of giving feedback on ward rounds by that stage so uh, 
when I used to come in and do the post-take ward round, there may be five junior doctors on the post-take ward round, and I'd say, well, the first case that you present to me is going to be your assessment case today. I'm going to assess you on legibility, content, diagnosis, prescribing, differential diagnosis, whatever it was, a rapport with the patient. So at the end, as soon as we'd finished the patient, we'd say, right, I think you wonderful rapport with the patient, but I don't think your diagnostic thinking was in great depth or whatever it was. So I think I trained myself to observe junior doctor's behavior and and then to be more skilled at identifying what I thought was was excellence. Um, and it does, I say it does come down to storytelling. This is what you did, that, 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 that. And if you tell the story straight like that, you don't need to say the person's excellent. It's quite apparent from that, that the person's excellent, because that's a description of what I think of excellence in my team. Yeah, and I thought it was a nice um, initiative because I feel like in medicine or in healthcare, it's very easy to overlook the good things that you do. I think you do a lot of good things over the day, but people like to just pick out the bad things that you do and you know thre- threaten you with a oh I'll day text you that kind of thing oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I'll grey <laughs> text you <laughs> yeah <laughs> that sounds that still sounds as threatening I think yeah <laughs> sounds more threatening <laughs> but it also I mean that has generated discussions as well about what people think is excellence and sometimes um, I've given an excellent incident report and somebody else has been very critical of the doctor. I can remember one of the early ones, uh, the senior house officers, they're called in those days on a Sunday, had taken over a patient from the surgical team and um, she had identified the patient's got the dissection of the iliac artery and managed to get the radiologist to do the angiogram and then referred the patient to the vascular unit in a distant hospital and got them to accept the patient and they'd gone and operated on the patient. And I thought this was very excellent work. Um, but then somebody else was critical, saying that the, the SHO should have informed me of all these things that she was doing. Um, so it, it, I think that's what they were saying at Papworth is generally, yes, you are recognizing excellence, but also there's debate about what is excellent, what isn't excellent. It's, it's an interesting discussion rather than the datics, which is always concentrating on what went wrong. Um, but uh, I, I also view it as a gift to the, to the doctor is my recognition that you are a doctor that you're working excellently at that time thank you it's very typical of medicine to make something that's supposed to be positive and being grateful and uh, nice to colleagues something to then <laughs> critique and decide if we're doing it well enough <laughs> well, i think it's one of the, my major criticisms of your um, portfolios which you've all been written uh, talking about just now is that they're aimed at making people mediocre and there's no space in it for excellence and uh, and for mm. excelling and uh, I, I got a lot of problems with the portfolio so this is another thing that's not in the portfolio but they could the junior doctors can scan that in put it into their portfolio or use it uh, as an interview um, as, um, evidence of their excellence um, yeah I think it's definitely something that should be carried out um, across the hospitals in the NHS and I th- as I think us healthcare students or doctors um, we all do something good every day and kind of make a difference to a patient's life so as we're just towards the end of the episode are there any final thoughts um, I'm feeling very warm this has been a lovely episode to talk about all the nice things that people do and patients being lovely and colleagues mm. being lovely it's really nice to sometimes reflect that Although medicine has some awful things that happen in it, just by default of 
being somewhere where bad things happen um and obviously people can disagree and fall out and all that sort of stuff it's nice to think that actually at the core of it is human beings who are grateful to each other and can share that generosity with gifts or with words it's just lovely i'm very happy <laughs> yeah I, th- I think it's what's come home to me is that the is the gift is a way of saying thank you um and i can remember all the years i was doing post-take ward rounds and the junior doctors had all been up all night looking after the patients and caring for them and I'd been at home asleep just to say <laughs> thank you you've worked hard you've worked hard you've cared for my patients who come through the night and I was asleep thank you so just uh, that even that's a small gift and if you can add with it a token as well that's great yeah it's making me think less about just in general gift giving it's Christmas soon now I'm thinking mm-hmm. about what to give people making me think less about you know actually the gift itself is not as important as the fact that you know you're just appreciating someone and what they've done for you so if anything i feel a bit less stressed about gift giving Mm. (laughs) (laughs) it's just even it's the small things as gordon was saying earlier it's the small things and someone's actually thinking about how you're feeling and what you're doing that's what counts. And always write a card. People who give blank Mm. cards that just have merry christmas and they just say to lily from bob yeah let's let's end mm-hmm. that i think we should end that yeah instead of just leaving those like template words you yeah, should exactly. add like tell, tell me it. why i'm amazing yeah <laughs> i think that the handwritten card is an amazing thing we once had uh sir bruce keogh came down to our ward in worthing when he was medical director for nhs england and he spent the morning with us and he was interested in how we did ward rounds and things and we afterwards we assumed he'd gone away and sort of forgotten about us and two days later a handwritten card addressed to the the, the charge nurse on the ward came saying how welcome he had felt how involved how good the staff were um, what a wonderful day he'd had and that handwritten card for, from somebody just such an important thing um mm. so that really makes it personal as well i think yeah, it's charming, isn't it? It's it's someone mm-hmm. who sat there with a pen and made the physical effort to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's so nice. And I feel like these kind of tokens of, um, of gratitude kind of flattens the hierarchy as well. Like, it doesn't matter what rank you are or, or what grade you are, you can always show appreciation. Well, and that's all we have time for today. If you'd like to hear other episodes, please subscribe to Sharp Scratch wherever you get your podcasts. And in two weeks' time, you'll be notified of our next episode. While you wait for the next one, do check us out on social media. We are BMJ Student on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag Sharp Scratch. I'd love to hear your ideas for what we should cover later in the season. It's also really helpful to us if you can leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, as it helps other med students to find a show. Until then, it's goodbye and happy holidays from the Sharp Scratch team. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye.